1: I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, an NFL podcast and a video cast, too. Each week, we take a look at what's going on in the NFL. And during the season, we analyze your fantasy picks. This week, we're looking at the NFL uh, situation as team by team and how it went for your favorite NFL team. And my esteemed colleague is former NFL quarterback Eric Kramer, who provides his valuable insights to this process. Now, you can join us each week by finding the podcast wherever you get your shows and your video cast. You can check out on my Bob Brill YouTube channel. Easiest way to get to all this, just go directly to our website, KramerAndBrill.com. That's KramerAndBrill.com. All the links are right there on the homepage, plus past shows. So let's get right to it. Joining us this week is Nick Cosmider of The Athletic. He covers the Denver beat, and this year, what a beat to cover. Uh, Russell Wilson, a heavy primetime sched with six primetime games. So new faces, lots to talk about. And Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, man, we're looking forward to this. I know I talked to Eric earlier. He goes, there's a lot to talk about with this team. So you guys got a couple of nice surprises starting at quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mean, that has been the question for the Broncos ever since Peyton Manning retired following the Super Bowl 50 season in 2015. Um, They've been looking for his successor. Uh, They have had among the most turnover at the quarterback position uh, in the league since 2016. Uh, And as you guys well know, uh, especially in this day and age, it's very hard to win at all and certainly almost impossible to win consistently uh, without a steady um, elite presence at that position. And so the Broncos were once again in that same position going into this offseason, right? They they had the number nine overall pick, but they were staring at what was, I think, uh, widely viewed as a, a kind of lackluster quarterback draft class. Um, there, there weren't a lot of free agents out there to, to be signed. That could be an obvious upgrade over what they had last year, which was Teddy Bridgewater and drew lock. Um, you know, there was the prospect of maybe bringing lock back and trying, you know, hoping that his fourth year would be the year that he could finally kind of figure it out. Um, and, and then of course there was talk about Aaron Rodgers throughout much of the last calendar year. Would, Would he finally decide to leave green Bay? Would he be a natural fit? And those conversations amped up once the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett, the former Packers offensive coordinator, uh, to replace Vic Fangio as head coach. So those were all the things that were on the table. And then comes March 8th. um, You know, when I was getting – I was on my way with my wife to Napa Valley. um, You know, we were – to just to have the briefest of getaways in this – you know, Oh, yeah, just wine tasting, right? (laughs) Yeah, and then then here comes this news that the Broncos have, you know, pulled off the the trade of the offseason. They've acquired nine-time Pro Bowler Russell Wilson – uh, and now Denver that has kind of built this roster, right. That was only really missing the quarterback um, or at least that's what they hope. Uh, now they have that quarterback. And so that immediately changes the landscape for the Broncos uh, in a very crowded AFC West picture. They're going to be right in the mix. So yeah, a lot of, a lot has changed since the last time I spoke to you fellas.
2: So Nick in, the, in, in Napa, were you guys talking Cabernet or quarterback?
0: <laughs> no, we we It's funny. I mean, I, it, it so that morning it was March 8th. That morning was when, uh, you know, the news broke that that Aaron Rodgers was going to sign a, a deal with the Packers, he was going to stay there. And so I'm kind of thinking, okay, we, you know, we were visiting my wife's folks in Sacramento, so it was a short drive down. Um, but we hadn't even gotten to the hotel yet when my phone starts binging like crazy. And so had to tell her, okay, um, it's going to take me a minute. You you might want to just go ahead and go get (laughs) lost. I I love it. (laughs) You know, it's going to be going to be a minute. So, but yeah, I mean, it just, just (coughs) one in one move, uh, kind of completely changes, uh, the picture for the Broncos. So it was, it was definitely an exciting day. It's been, it's kind of hard to believe that it's really only been, um, what two months plus since that happened, it feels like forever ago at this point. Um, and we're still four months away from the start of the year, five months, whatever it is. So, um, still a lot, you know, a lot to be figured out between now and then. But uh, again, just a different, a different vibe for the Broncos completely changed. A lot of people around the franchise have compared it to what it felt like when Manning was there in terms of having one player who just sort of everybody gravitates to. And you know that he's the guy setting the tone. And that, that's, that's what's changed so far.
2: I would agree with you, but with one exception. Manning was coming off an injury where he got cut. And, uh, and so... I think, to me, this is the best all-time off-season acquisition. And whatever the what happened to free agency? You don't even have to be free agency anymore to move, right? And so, no, uh, no I, and I just think that uh, what George Payton, who was there in the personnel department with the Bears when I was there, and then obviously oh, moving yeah. on with Rick Spillman, who was also with the Lions as a player, um, and then – went to the vikings there for a little bit but i I was was real happy for george called him up and said what a great move that was and uh, i think to me and i'm sure you and all the people in denver think this is going to probably be um i think their most significant signing ever and uh, yeah the fact that they also have brett ripon i know he's not playing but (laughs) his uncle mark absolutely shredded the lions when I was there twice. (laughs)
0: There you go. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be battling for that backup job with, uh, with Josh Johnson. So, uh, but Eric, I I think that it's a really, it's a really interesting point. I mean, you're, and you're right. We've seen this quarterback movement. You used to think this was kind of just the NBA, right? Where um, you know, the the, the big stars would sort of force their way into different situations. And it's become very much, I mean, this this off season, the, the Russell Wilson, I think is the biggest, Move, But it, the cascade effect afterwards, you're talking wide receivers, quarterbacks, all these different players sort of forcing their way into different situations. And, you know, the team's kind of having to figure out how to navigate that. It's been it's been fascinating. I do agree with you. I think that Peyton Manning has said since like little was guaranteed when he went to the Broncos. Right. I mean, he signed a, a four year, ninety six million dollar deal. And I, I think every, there was certainly the hope that he was going to be Peyton Manning, right? He'd had the next surgeries. He took the year off. He was going to be ready to go. But um, he certainly wasn't, you know, um, he wasn't taking that for granted whatsoever. He had a lot of nerves going into that situation. And, um, you know, there is just an absolute steadfast confidence with Russell Wilson that, that he is the same guy, right? And, and if you look at his numbers, I know a lot of people talk about kind of the down year for him. But if you, if you look at the numbers after he came back from the thumb injury and then kind of was fully healed, because so he came back after only three weeks, which was really, really quick. Uh, about two weeks after that, he was still, I think, dealing with the effects of it. But the last five games of the year, he was as efficient as any quarterback, as productive as any quarterback. He looked like his old self. And I think when you pair his talents with, with an inventive play caller, Nathaniel Hackett, who's had experience working with an elite quarterback uh, in Aaron Rodgers, Uh, I think that that marriage is going to be good. Um, It's just going to come down to, you know, how well do they mesh together? What things do they take from Wilson's background? What things do they take from Nathaniel Hackett's background? How quickly can the offensive pieces that were already there adapt to this new outside zone scheme that they're they're implementing? Those are, I think, some of the questions that will determine um, kind of the ceiling of this offense. But they're going to be so much better than they were. I mean, this is a team that was led by a great defense under Vic Fangio for each of the last three years. Uh, but they just did not do enough offensively. Couldn't get over that 20 point per game mark um, at all. You know, they were kind of stuck in quicksand. And so even if even if Russell Wilson isn't going to play at maybe the the very tip top of, of what his career has been, even if he's right under that, that's going to be a significant improvement. And when you pair that with what is still a good defense, um, that's why I think a lot of people are looking at the Broncos and saying this is a team that has a chance to really compete.
1: Noah Fant's gone. Drew Locke's gone. Teddy Bridgewater's gone. You had uh, Melvin Gordon stayed, which we all expected him to leave. And you got the Jerry Judy situation. Uh, What about uh, Gordon and and Judy? Where where do those players stand at
0: the moment? Yeah, you know, the the, the interesting thing with Melvin Gordon was last year, that was one of the the one things that the offense could kind of hang its hat on. It's that the duo of Gordon and then Javante Williams, who was a rookie running back out of North Carolina last year, those two were really good. They, They interchanged well. They ended up the year, believe it or not, they both had 206 carries. So a lot of teams talk about sharing the load. The Broncos did it you know, straight down the middle. And so I think there was this, this idea that Javante Williams was going to transition kind of into that lead role, but it wasn't going to be such that they were all of a sudden going to start you know, putting everything on him. They still needed a another guy. And, and, and why not Gordon? Gordon, um, I think, thought the market was going to be a lot better for himself. Two years ago, he signed a two-year $16 million deal. And this year he gets a one year deal that that is maxed out at 4 million with incentives. So um, it's just the way it goes for running backs. You, you, you hit that 30 year, you know, 30 years old kind of plateau. And um, the league says, Hey, you know, this is just kind of where it's at. So um, but they, they I think still going to be a valuable piece for them because they're still going to need to run the ball. You know, Russell Wilson has been at his best in his career when he has a really strong running game next to him. I mentioned his strong close to 2021. Um, you know, that was when kind of Rashard Penny really started to show up for the Seattle offense. They started to really run the ball well. And so if they have that balance, that's when Wilson's going to be at his best. And with Jerry Judy, um, you know, interesting situation. Obviously, he was, um, you know, got arrested uh, last week in, in uh, suburban Denver. Um, it was a second degree criminal tampering charge, which essentially, um, you know, sort of meant that, um, you know, his girlfriend, he locked some property in his car. It was a nonviolent incident. Um, and, and so I don't think he's looking at any sort of significant jail time or, or anything like that um, or, or potentially league discipline. Uh, but it's certainly not the way that they wanted to kind of start the offseason for a guy who they really need to be a big part of this thing um, going into his third year.
2: One of the guys, uh, Nick, that uh, both Bob and I were high on, even from when he got drafted, Noah, F- Noah Fant, uh, finally started to come into his own last year. And now that he's gone to Seattle, what impact do you think that's going to have on this offense?
0: Yeah, it was one of those deals where it's like you knew to get a guy like Russell Wilson, you you were going to have to give up a lot. And they did. They gave up five uh, five draft picks, including two first rounders uh, and then three players. Uh, obviously, losing Drew Locke is, is doesn't hurt you because you're getting back a better quarterback. But yeah, Noah Fant has been their leading receiver out of the tight end spot for each of the last three years. Uh, and Shelby Harris was a defensive end who's who's played really well for the, for the Broncos the last couple of years. Um, you know, with fan, it's interesting. They, they have a guy behind him, Albert Okuwebunam, who was a fourth round pick a couple of years ago. He's showed flashes, but has struggled to stay healthy. And, and that's why I think you saw the Broncos use their, their third round pick on Greg Dulcich, the, the tight end out of UCLA. And ironically, Eric, you were talking about um, George's career in Chicago. You know, when he was when he was in Chicago, he stayed um, in the basement. And I'll, I'll try to, I guess, say this the best I can. He was living in the basement of his former college roommate's brother. Right. So his former college roommate at UCLA. Um, he was also great friends with his brother and they, he lived in Chicago. So, so George stayed in his basement it was supposed to be a, a, a two week thing. Ended up about two and a half years. Um, but but his that college roommate was the high school coach of Greg, Greg Dulcich. Um, and so, so George, they had the UCLA connection, uh, but they had an even deeper connection than that through through this through this coach. Um, so I just thought that was an interesting story. But watching Greg Dulcich last week at rookie minicamp for the Broncos, he is going to be a guy that that fantasy owners should probably keep an eye on. I, I think he has a really good shot to kind of be their top tight end right out of the gate, even as a third round pick, because he he fits really well into what they do. Um, he played in a pro style system with Chip Kelly at UCLA. Um, so I'd keep your eye on this guy. Greg Dolcich is going to be, I think, a weapon for Russell Wilson in year one.
1: You know, the interesting thing is, you know, I look at the draft and of course they didn't have the first round draft uh, because they traded that. Uh, but outside of Dolcich, who you just mentioned, uh, Mon- Montreal, Washington, the wide receiver and a center, Lou Wattenberg, everybody else was defense. Everybody starting with linebacker. I mean, all over the place, linebackers, defensive ends, cornerbacks, safeties. Uh, Where was their mindset of this? Are are they feeling that the defense is getting a little old, even though it's still good, they just need to bolster that. Or was that best player available?
0: Uh, I think a combination of the two, Bob, I I think um, certainly uh, they really do try to stick kind of to their best player available um, deal as, you know, of course all teams say that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I do think that they are more veteran on the defensive side of the football, right? They're, the, the bulk of their starters are, are veteran guys. And so each of the last two years, um, they've really drafted to start um, kind of building the pipeline of defensive players. And their top pick, Nick Benito, uh, the pass rusher out of Oklahoma, is a guy where you look at, you look at what the Broncos have in the pass rush category, because that's, that's the name of the game, especially in the AFC West with all these great quarterbacks is, yeah, you need to have one. You need to have your own great quarterback but then you need to be able to get after the other guy. And the Broncos obviously traded Von Miller away uh, at the deadline last year. Um, so they needed another pass rush uh, threat and they signed Randy Gregory from Dallas in the off season. but he's had it. He's had a long career of, you know, of injuries of, you know, drug related off off the field incidents that that forced suspensions for him. Um, so he's had trouble staying on the field. And then there's Bradley Chubb, the Broncos first round pick in 2018, who had a, had a standout rookie year, but since then has dealt with a lot of injuries um, that have kind of affected his play. So they needed to get more depth at uh, the pass rusher spot, especially because Chubb uh, is playing on his fifth year rookie option this year. Uh, He's going to, he's kind of an it year if he wants to get another contract with the Broncos. So they did, they did build depth defensively. They they drafted another corner out of Pittsburgh and Damari Mathis um, and and, uh, that, that another defensive lineman, uh, out of out of Iowa State, any uh, Uwazorike. So they they've been again, yeah, building that defensive depth because as much as Russell Wilson is going to be a huge part of this, they still have to play defensively. Um, you know, kind of at that top, you know, top ten, top fifteen level, I think, in order to compete in the AFC West. Well, given this division that you brought up earlier, where everybody's got the quarterback
2: now, everybody's got a fairly good defense, a so solid yeah. running game. Any sort of feel coming in here with, with between these four teams, how things are going to shake out for Denver?
0: It's, it's a great question. I'm so fascinated by the AFC West, and I think schedule makers are too. It's why you, you, know, you look at those Monday night football, Sunday night football, Thursday night football, and you just see like a, a deluge of AFC West games because that division, you could, you could come up with any order, in my opinion. Um, and, and you could argue that as the finish and it wouldn't really surprise me. Um, <laughs> I think the chiefs have to be considered the favorite until they don't win it, you know, because they've won it five years in a row. Um, they still have Patrick Mahomes. And even though they did, uh, trade Tyreek Hill, they still have a lot of weapons and, 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 and have also been there. They just, they just, as you know, Eric, like when you have a team that, that wins, you learn how to do that. It becomes part of your culture. That's what they are. Um, and then the Chargers, with, with Justin Herbert, who's only getting better in his career, they added a lot of important defensive pieces. They locked up their wide receivers. They have Austin Eckler as one of the most versatile running backs in the league. Uh, and then you go over to the Raiders, who, um, just when you kind of think everybody else had passed them by, they trade for arguably the best wide receiver in the league. So I am just fascinated by the AFC West. I, you know, the order I picked it was, uh, we, we had to make our predictions when the schedule came out. Um, And I did say Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. But within that, I think three of the teams in the AFC West will make the playoffs and possibly a fourth. Um, I think it's going to be that that good, that that tight. I think you'll see two teams win 11 games, another team win 10, um, you know, maybe another one win eight or nine. And I think so much of it will come down to just how much those teams beat up on each other um, to to come down to it. But, yeah, I've marked every single one of those games on, on my schedule as like, can't wait for this one.
2: Well, I think my really... son's going to love hearing that you think the chiefs are going to win the division because <laughs> since he's been about seven years old, when LA didn't have a team, he, he became a chiefs fan. So He went oh, through yeah. about a decade where they won maybe three or four a year. And then now obviously the payoff is there.
0: Yeah. It's like those kids that you hear that like grew up, you know, they turned five when Tom Brady became the starter in new England and graduated <laughs> high school before they ever knew what it was to lose. Like it just, right. you, know, you can't handle it. So it's yeah, right. it's, um, yeah, you have a lot of those folks in Kansas City over the last five years uh, who become spoiled. Now they're looking around being like, okay, now we're going to have to earn it.
1: Well, you're going to get a good chance to see this team with six primetime games thanks to our our guest, Nick Cosmider of The Athletic. Uh, that'll do us for another edition of Kramer & Brill. Don't forget to join us next time wherever you get your shows and on my Bob Brill YouTube channel.